Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. I'm Beck. I'm Siri. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey everyone, this is Ashley from Team Serious Tri Club. Thanks for joining us. In tonight's chat, Beck talks all about strength training for season. She talks all about the benefits of strength training, who she recommends as strength coaches, and what specific sports strength walk could benefit you for your season. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, we've got some questions. So tonight, guys, welcome live on Twitter and Facebook. And I don't think we have Instagram working, but I think we have LinkedIn as well, um, I believe. And we are talking all things strength for a race season. So that is sports-specific strength, swim, bike, run, but also strength in the gym. Uh, here we have Annette Miller. She's always up with the um, up to speed with everything. Thank you, Annette Miller. Thank you for pinning this. I'm going to have a sip of my tea now. I don't normally drink twinings, um, Mrs. Dicker. We actually usually have a, a really fancy organic um Someone told me that the tea bags, the plastic on the tea bags actually goes into the tea if it's made out of plastic and it's really bad. You're actually drinking um, lots of chemicals. So I, I would say that's probably what the Twinings bags are. But we do normally have, we ran out, um, with organic tea bags that are specially made without plastic. So cheers to everyone. Notice my cup, um, grateful. Okay, gratitude is one of the uh, tattoos that my wife has on her wrist. So I actually have, my mum always jokes, where, where am I going to put her? But I have my, uh, someone that I lost, one of my best friends, and then my dad on the other side. Anyway, I like this cool background. So let me know that you can see it okay. We only, I only see four people, but I'm only seeing, I think, the people on Facebook right now. Okie dokie. Liba, how are you? Let us know if you have any questions. We are talking all things strength. And I think the only comments I'm going to be able to see tonight, I think, are from Facebook. So if you're on another platform, I'm sorry if I missed uh, the questions, but jump on the Facebook. So go to my fan page, um, Team Series Tri Club, and go on there um, to post a question so I can see them come up here in the comments. And um, everything's back to front, so I always adjust my hat wrong. Um, but please ask any questions you want. It can be, doesn't have to be about strength training. Um, but tonight, here's the topics we're going to talk about. I know I had it there um, before, but what we are going to talk about tonight is sports-specific strength work, and that basically means strength work in the swim, bike, and run, and the specific work you can do, not in the gym, but swim, bike, and run-wise for strength. We're also going to talk about uh, strength work a little bit in the gym, not too much because I don't do a lot of that stuff. We I always refer someone in particular who I'm going to talk about later that I really, um, apart from Hugh Donnell, of course we know that Erin Carson is, is an amazing strength conditioning coach. I think mobility stability is even more important um, in race season because heavy lifting isn't something I recommend, um, especially within two weeks of a race. Um, and, yeah, my favourite strength coach who I just mentioned, and um, hopefully we can have a link. I don't know if, if, any, if Annette can find it, but if you can find Erin Carson's deal that she has going right now for the strength conditioning package that she has, um, I think she has a link on her website to that, so EC Fit. So we're going to give Erin a little plug here. She was on our live um, not that long ago, and she was amazing, amazing. Okay, so if you have questions, post them up. Trisha, how are you? I see you have a strength about building leg strength. Okay, we'll go through first, you guys, sports-specific strength for the swim, then we'll do the bike, then we'll do the run. 
So sports-specific strength um, for the swim, and I'm going to put this up as a question so I don't forget. We have a question here. Thanks, Annette Merlo. That's Dutchie, our horse there. Um, sports-specific strength for the swim. Actually, I'll take you down till we answer this. Uh, for the swim, okay, as you guys know, and I should have brought it up here, but what you can do is you can use an inner tube of an old uh, – most of you guys use tubeless now. But back in the day when I raced, we used clinchers, um, and that was a tube inside a tire. And you can cut that and make it into a band. You can also use a latex band, but what you want is you want it to be about this wide, two fist widths, but you also want to have about half a fist width between your ankles because people make a mistake of tying these bands. This is strength work for swim we're talking about now. People make a mistake of tying um, bands around their ankles so tight that your feet are stuck together and then your hips are together, but your feet are together. Now, when you're kicking in the pool and swimming, you don't swim with your feet together like that. Your feet sit about hip width apart. So even though people say your band's too loose, and people used to say to our, our athletes, your band's too loose. No, it's not. You want to have about a half width, um, uh, fist width between your, your ankles, and you actually want to put the band just below your gastrox, your calf, not right on your ankle, because what you want is you want your feet to sit this is for sports-specific strength in the swim. You want your feet to sit the same with the part as they do when you're normally kicking, which is about hip width. So if you have wider hips, you might want a bit of a wider gap with the band. But the idea is to keep your legs from kicking. You can do a little fly kick every now and then, and you're always going to have your head down, eyes down, fast stroke rate, deep, strong catch and pull. And band work is one of the best ways to get swim-specific strength. Um, another thing is doing a towel around the band. If you really want to get strong, you can do a towel, a hand towel or even a full-size towel attached to the band. Now, you're going to have to work with the band. If you've never used a band before, try Pool Boy Band, okay? The Eeny Buoy is just E-N-E-Y. Look it up, E-N-E-Y, Eeny Buoy. Um, they're fantastic. It's a white buoy and... I should have, again, bought it here. I don't know why I didn't. Um, but you can fill it up with water. So you could start with the any boy with no water and a band. Okay, that's pure strength because it helps you pull strong and deep under the water. Um, the any buoy you can fill up with half full water, full, full of water. It makes it really heavy. And it forces you to pull really strong under the water. Okay, the band only will do the same thing. Um, try a little bit of everything. You can also do paddles, pull by band. You can do paddles. Band is a really good sports-specific strength exercise for the swim. And you want to start off with 25s. So we do something like 20-25s, build one to four. The idea really, though, with strength work, with the band only, is you're going to have to swim pretty fast or you'll sink. So I know Trisha did a swim block and she can tell us about our swim sessions. But um, you, you want to start with 25s and especially band only because you're not going to make more than about 100 to start with without sinking and keep your eyes down. And that band work is so good for strength. Paddle band is really good too. Any buoy full of water with band. Paddles only, you get a little bit of strength there, but you want to kind of not kick to get that pure sport-specific strength in the pool. You can also use a towel tied to a band. Um, and you may, it's hard to do it with band only. You may want to use a pool boy. But that drag, it's like wearing a drag suit. You can use drag suits too. Um, but remember, keep the keep the 25s short because um, you want to have good form when you're doing that stuff. Otherwise, you'll sink and you want to keep good technique. So fast stroke rate, eyes down, um, good, strong, deep catch. So for the swim, that's really um, one of the main ones I would recommend. Um, for in the gym, for swimming, um, I think that in season, you don't want to be lifting heavy in race season, especially like 
two or three weeks out, you start to really taper back and do more mobility, stability work. Now you can find that with Hugh Darnell in the background here, or um, that's Hugh, um, Hugh Darnell, who trains Ellie, or Erin Carson, who's amazing, who does a lot of the strength, mobility, and specific stuff for in-season um, strength work, but mobility, stability is more important. But I would say generally lat pull down. Okay, so the lat pull down, that one, right? And seated row, where you're sitting and you're squeezing your shoulder blades back. Okay, that's going to help with your catch. This part, you want to engage your lats. Okay, that's going to help with your catch and your pull through. Now, your shoulders too, a little bit, but I would say you want to do lat pull down and seated row. Tell me if this is choppy. It looks like it's a little choppy. Okay, so that's the swim. Now we're going to go to the bike. Tell me, you guys, if you can hear me okay. Looks like it's cutting out a little bit. Oh, no, it is. Damn it. Why is it doing that? Okay, so we're going to go to the bike. I don't know why it's doing this. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Um, for the bike, for strength work for the bike, okay, you want to be doing big gear work and hill reps still in race season. So you want to still be doing big gear work and hill reps um, and you probably want to do a little bit shorter or not quite heavier gear, but that is a sport specific strength work on the bike. I'm just going to check that this broadcast is working because it does seem very choppy. Let me check you guys. Um, let's see. Let's see. Please, please, please don't cut out anymore. Um, let's have a look. I'm going to go onto my Facebook. Here we go. Don't cut out anymore. Oh yeah, it seems to be working. I'm going to go onto okay. my Facebook. So for the bike, as I said, big gear work, and you want to do the big gear work, you guys, in the time trial bars, okay, sports-specific strength work where you're developing strength in the time trial bars, okay, so sitting there in the time trial bars, you want big gear work. Now, if you haven't done big gear work in the off-season, you should really be up to doing at least an hour work, but if you haven't, start with one-minute big gear, one-minute easy. And you want to do them in the time trial bars because now you're in race season. You want sport-specific strength in the bars. Okay, for strength work in the gym, I would say it's much more important. If you're going to do the heavy lifting, don't do it within two or three weeks from the race, okay, because you get very sore and you get delayed onset muscle soreness. So you get really sore muscles um, from doing the heavier lifting. And you can get it from stability stuff too. But I would say band walking, and if you don't know what that is, look it up band around your and it's not the same band you use for swimming but it's like a latex band put a band around your ankles and do glute um, it's called crab walking or sidewalking and do glute activation i can share a video i did um, a little while back of all the glute activation work if you go to my instagram um, you can see it as well and it's really just one-legged stuff so you're switching those stabilizers on okay you could do a little bit of stuff like ellie's doing there i wouldn't do that heavy you could do some light work squats squat holds um, you could do some assisted, I would go more towards the assisted squats and the assisted lifting um, in race season. But I think keeping those um, glutes and everything fired and switched on is really, really important, especially for the bike and the run. Okay. And the VMO, the VMO and the glute mean, glute max doesn't, we don't want that to take over. So you want to do VMO stability work and the glute mean, they work in con conjunction with each other. Just remember when you're doing it to have your feet stra straight ahead. Don't yet let your knees collapse in um, and keep aligned. And I probably should be doing a demo of that, but you can look it up, band walking, it's called, or glute activation um, techniques. That's really, really good. 
Okay, still let me, and if you please can hear me, please let me know. I want you to make to make sure that you guys can hear me. Okay, for the run, strength work. Okay, the main strength work you should have done in the off season is the long hilly runs uh, on run on uh, dirty dirt terrain and um, trails to keep that mobility stability in your ankles. I would still include that in the uh, race season. Mobility stability for your ankles is so good. Sorry, stability for your ankles, not mobility. Stability for your ankle joint is really good. Um, running on trails is really good to keep the calves strong and the perineals strong and your little stabilizers strong. And adding hill reps, but I would keep them short, like do 30 seconds or a minute sprints with lots of recovery, like one to three or one to four work rest ratio. So if you're doing a 30 second or a minute hill sprint, you want to jog back to the bottom and rest or just keep jogging for say uh, two and a half minutes, three minutes. And then for the one minute, three to four minute, easy, easy jog. And you only need to do five or six of those. Okay. So hopefully, um, that gives you an idea for the strength work for the run. You can do incline work. I wouldn't do any more than say 30 minutes max worth of that. And you could do keep it short again and do like a 10 or 12% incline of 30 seconds or a minute sprints with three times the recovery. Okay. Um, in the gym, again, that glute work, that stability work, the one-legged stuff, Superman's, um, all of the activation stuff and mobility stuff is so good for the run. And again, look for um, this guy here, Hugh Darnell, uh, his program or Aaron Carson, they have amazing in-season programs for you guys. And they will keep you away from the heavy lifting into the race. Okay. So we're going to go to question because I did see one up here. Hopefully I can see it now. Um, here we go. I think this is, um, I think Cecile asked this. Is Cecile on now? Cecile Williams. Um, let me see. I'm doing the London Marathon. It won't be my fastest marathon. And Cecile, I know you know the answer to this because we have talked about it so many times. But I'm going to go through it for you and everybody. Well, I sip my tea. Doing the London Marathon, it won't be my fastest marathon, but I want to aim for a PR at Chicago. Okay, firstly, Cecile, when is Chicago? I need to know when Chicago is and when London is. Because if it's within a couple of weeks of each other, that makes a big difference to what I'm going to advise you here because a marathon recovery can be at least four weeks, if not more. Okay, so doing the marathon and you want to aim for your PR at Chicago, which I don't even know how far apart they are. So I need to know how far apart both of them are. Um, how many weeks? You work that out while I'm doing this because I can't work that out right now. So how many weeks apart are they? Um, what sort of training should I focus on to get faster? Okay, so to get faster on the run, it is not rocket science. You have to include everything. But specifically, you want to be running faster than your goal race pace, okay, to improve on race day. Well, that's my theory anyway and many others. You want to be doing interval work, speed work, endurance work, strength work, race pace work, and above race pace work, threshold work. Now, what does that mean? Okay, firstly, your endurance is obviously your long, easy runs. Now, I would recommend doing them on some hills every second week because that's going to get your heart rate up and down without even thinking about it. But I do always recommend 99% of the time, you guys, you want to be running your long run very, very easy. You shouldn't be trying to push the pace or look at your pace. So many of my athletes still get stuck in this gray zone and they're running their long, easy runs way too hard. They're running them at close to what they want to hold for their race pace. It's like, I want to see if I can hold this. But that isn't what you want to be doing. Like, honestly, it's just going to fatigue you. If you're going to try and run at race pace every long run or push it, 
you're going to be so fatigued. Even if you don't feel it, you're going to be fatigued. There's going to be way more risk of injury. And then when we ask you to do your quality run sessions during the week, you're going to have that residual fatigue and you're just not going to get that high end speed. If you're always in the gray zone, you're never going to have the energy um, and the recovery to be able to go really hard. So make the hard hard, make the easy easy. And I do recommend doing your long easy runs very, very slow. Don't worry about pace. This is about getting time in the legs and strengthening the bones, tendons, ligaments. Go on your own. Don't run with a friend unless they're slower than you then I recommend that. Okay, you also want to be doing some speed work. Now, marathon running still requires you to get fitter and faster. So speed work does help. I don't think you necessarily maybe need to be doing 30 seconds or a minute efforts. But if you say you're a marathon right now, I'm just going to throw it out there. Tell me what you think you're going to hold. This will make it more specific for you. Tell me about what you think you're going to hold for um, the marathon when you're not the fittest. So the one you're doing now and then what your aim is for six months. But let's go with a four-hour marathon. That is about, I think it's 9.04 mile pace. And I can't remember what pace per mile that is, but it's about nine-minute mile pace. Um, I think that's correct. I remember seeing that today, actually. So you want to be able to hold that for four hours to do a four-hour marathon. But if you train only at that speed, you're obviously not going to do that on race day because you're not going to improve. And you also don't want to run, try and run your long runs at that pace. But think about it for, say, uh, let me give you an example. If you do interval work and you've got six months of interval work to be done, I would start with doing something like this, like start with three or four minute efforts, shorter efforts at, at about 15 to 20 seconds per mile faster than what your 40K or your 42K marathon goal pace is, okay? Or what your previous marathon pace is. Maybe it's the marathon time that you do now. Okay, so, okay, you're saying 10.30. I don't know. I can't do the math that quick for that. But so I will be trying to aim after this marathon, you're going to get your goal time, you get whatever 10.30 per mile is. I don't know what that is. Is that like a four? What's that, a 4.15 or 4.20? Can you let me know? Um, oh, it's 9.50. You want to go for 9.15. Perfect. Okay, so you, I would say start with going 15 to 20 seconds quicker than the 10.30 pace for three to four-minute efforts, and that's probably going to feel pretty easy for you. Then do six-minute efforts at that pace. Then do a kilometer effort at that pace. Then do a mile effort at that pace. Each week build up. So by about, you know, you might start with three minutes, four minutes, the next week, one kilometers, the next week, or a couple of weeks later, one mile effort. So by about eight weeks, you're up to doing mile efforts at probably you're down to like 9.15 per mile pace. Okay, so it's a minute 15 per mile quicker. But that's a huge jump. Like a minute 15 per mile pace in six months is a huge jump. I'm not saying it's not doable, but it is a big jump. So let's get like less specific but more generic here for everybody that's listening so I can help everybody. So you want to do race pace and faster efforts, starting with the three minutes, then four minutes, then one kilometers, then one milers, then 15 minute efforts, then maybe one mile efforts, two mile efforts, and build it. And you want to try and start off pretty decent speed. And as you get fitter over those four, eight, 12, 16 weeks, um, the speed should be able to be try to hold what you're holding for that three to four minute effort over a kilometer, then a mile, then increase, increase, increase. So that's kind of interval work. Intervals, normally you have a jog recovery. If you're going to do speed, I would say turnovers are still good for fast twitch. So turnovers is basically 10 minutes worth of 20 seconds fast, 40 seconds rest. 
speed normally has work rest, not work like active recovery. So stuff like that will be 30 seconds or 20 second efforts. Just for fast speed work, cadence work, we still did it running marathons. Rini still did it. Um, I'm sure people like Chelsea Sodaro still does it. And that chick that, oh my God, ran a 113. Insane. I'm sure she does a lot of speed work to run a, whatever it was, 113. That's insane for a half marathon. So God knows what she's going to run the marathon in. But um, I would say speed work, you could do cadence work. But in saying that, um, with the pace you're currently at, I would not want to hurt yourself. So I'd be very careful building up speed work like that on the treadmill. That might be something, you know, a couple of months down the track. Reverse engineer your program too. So from six months, that's 24, that's six months is 24 weeks. And you want to start really about 24 weeks out, start reverse engineering that every fourth um, weekend out. So 20 weeks out, 16 weeks out, uh, 12 weeks out, eight weeks out, four weeks out, you have a really, really, really key specific marathon workout. I would not run the full marathon in training. It's absolutely unnecessary. I think it's huge prone to be getting injured, but it also slows you down and it causes a lot more stress on the tendons, ligaments, everything like that, joints. You don't need to run a marathon in training, guys, to get to a marathon in, in a race. You do not need to do that. You need to do the intensity, the speed work, the strength work, and you can get the aerobic endurance by splitting your runs, like doing two hours in the morning, an hour at night is my recommendation. Um, and I would not go over two and a half hour mark, three hours max, because the recovery from that is like builds up so much residual fatigue that is going to affect you for a long time. And I really don't agree to running any more than I would say 2.3, 2.5. So two and a half hours is about the max. And um, we don't talk about miles here. We talk about time in the legs. So and I would say if you want to get the aerobic conditioning, you're paranoid about that, go and do a split run where you do two in the morning, one at night or get the three hours, four hours aerobic on the bike. But it's so important to get the fitness, which is what you're asking how to get faster, doing interval work. Okay, so we've talked about intervals. You want to do strength work as well. Get out on the trails, do hills, do hill reps, longer hill reps, um, you know, three or four minutes, six minutes. Run uphill and get someone to pick you up. Run like 10 miles uphill, but build up to that, right? Um, and then you want to do um, threshold work as well which is quite similar, like when I go close to your race pace efforts, but you want to build into that. So that's more up to sort of 16 weeks out. You want to really start working on the high end intervals and threshold work. So some of my favorite sessions for intervals would be, what did we do? We did like 32, I don't recommend this, 32 half mile efforts on the track. And I had to run them at 345 minute K pace, which is six minute mile pace. Um, so that I knew in a marathon, that 6.15 mile pace, which is a three-hour marathon, would be easy. So I was running them, um, what was I running them at? Uh, 30, about 30 seconds quicker per mile, but that was 32 kilometers worth of it. We'd do 200 float. And that's not something I want you to do, but I'm just saying that those sort of stuff is how the pros would train. So you might get up to 10 mile efforts, 10 one-mile efforts. Your goal pace is 9.15. So you would want to be able to do at least 10 one mile, 10, sorry, 10 mile efforts, which is 1.6 kilometers, at least 10 of them and build up to more of those at say 845 pace, then you should be able to get there. You should be able to get there. If you're doing three minute efforts, you might want to build up to say 20 three minute efforts, which is for me, it was close to half a mile. And you should be able to try and hold those at say even around eight mile pace. 
Okay, so eight mile pace or quicker. The quicker you can get your shorter, uh, harder reps down, the faster, that's going to increase your fitness a lot more than just doing long, easy runs. So, Cecile, hopefully that give you, gave you an idea. We have some amazing marathon plans. I honestly recommend that you probably look to getting one of those. I think that would really, really, really help you. Um, okay, let's see if we have any more questions. Oh, I don't. Oh, here we go. Michael Lent. How do you train when you're feeling fatigued? Is it okay to sleep like 10 hours? Oh, my God. Hell, yeah, it is. You know what, you guys? Sleep is so underrated. Sleep is the best way to recover. Okay, if you want to work on your HRV, everyone talks about this, your heart rate variance. If you want to work on your recovery, you've got to sleep more. The, the best recovery happens when you're asleep. There is nothing better for recovery. It's now ranked the number one recovery tool above everything. And if you're getting 10 hours sleep, it's probably because you need it. I know women about at about age 40, we need at least seven hours. I don't know where I got that number from. I think my mom told me, but in the study, we need at least seven hours. And it's so much more important to get the hours before midnight. I know you've probably all heard this, but if you guys can go to bed at like, for me, nine o'clock is too early. But if you can go to bed at like nine o'clock and sleep till four, that's seven hours, 10, 11, 12, one, two. Yeah, that's, that's seven hours. Um, that's way better than going to bed at 12 o'clock and trying to get wake up at seven. Cause the, the, you guys all know that the time before midnight is so much more important for deep sleep. Try to go to bed when the sun's going down and relax and do all your wind down. Do your, we do a soul sync meditation or read, just read your book, get off your bloody phone, turn it off, turn off the Wi-Fi. Don't have it near your head. It's so bad for you and it's dangerous. Um, and Put your calm, put your meditation on, take your melatonin if you need to, or take your calm magnesium and your CBD and just relax. And and one thing that I've taken that helps me sleep while we're on sleep is a new, it's not new actually, it's been around for a long time, but ashwagandha. So these ashwagandha, organic ashwagandha um, certified, like they're the highest, they had the highest uh I looked it up and looked up the highest ranked ashwagandha and it is amazing. And I used to wake up in the middle of the night and not fall back to sleep. And I've been falling back to sleep like that um, and sleeping really deep. So it's amazing. If you need ashwagandha, um, Annette, you have the link that I put up last time. I think, Kerry Lou, how are you? Yeah. So Kerry does night shift and she needs 10 hours because her body clock is so out. I have, I take my hat off to you guys that do night shift and train for Ironman and 70.3 and marathons and stuff. It's crazy. It's so hard because you're just so, so out of whack. Um, okay, let's see what other questions we have here. Oh, here you go, guys. So thank you, Miss Annette. So you guys, now we do have Hugh here as well, and I know she posted, let me put Hugh's up, because he's amazing as well. Um, Hugh's link, let's have a look. Hugh's link as well. Where did Annette put that? I'm seeing if I can see it. Um, that's EC Fit. I was seeing if I can see Hugh's. No, I can't. But um, look up Hugh Darnell. H-U-W-D-A-R-N-E-L-L. -L. Um, there he is there. Okay. This is Hugh's website, you guys. This is Hugh. He trains Ellie and all the top Australians. That's his website there, there hughjournal.com. Take a screenshot if you need to. Um, and then Erin Carson is amazing. Okay. She also does amazing strength conditioning. She trained Rennie and Tim and all, uh, God, who else? Um, all the top pros here in Boulder, multiple, multiple champions, Olympic champions, Olympic medalists. Um, so that's her website right there. So, Michael, yes, sleep is very important and getting 10 hours, um, yeah, absolutely do it if you need to. If you have to do it, do it. Okay, so, Cecile, did that help you? 
Um, six months apart. Yeah, you have, that's perfect. We have a 24 week uh, marathon plan that I think would be perfect for you. So she's saying I'm adding trail running to my program to help, which gets my legs more agile. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Yep. Turnovers will help that too. Okay. Any other questions you guys? Anyone got any more tips for strength that they've found beneficial? We talked at the start about swim band only paddles band, um, any buoy full of water with band, uh, towel attached to the band. You want to probably start with a pool boy to start that for strength under the water sports specific catch. We talked about lat pull down, seated row for your lats. Um, we talked about glute activation and glute work for the bike and run. Um, hill reps on the bike, big gear grind. You can also do that on a trainer. Big gear grind in the time trial bars for sports specific strength, the TT bars. And then we talked about the same thing, running hills or incline but keeping them shorter in race season. So if there's no more questions, I'll say goodbye. I don't see any more. Annette, what are you reposting? Oh, you're reposting cues. Thank you. So as I said, my, my recommendations um, for, for gym-specific programs, not sports-specific, because I recommend us for that, um, I recommend Hugh Darnell or Aaron Carson, depending on who you want to go with. So they're both um, similar, but they're also different. Choose more, uh, I guess... Erin's much more on the functional side and the mobility side, um, and she's very specific for triathlon. Hugh has worked with all sorts of sports, so if it's not sports-specific triathlon, if it's anything, I would almost lean towards Hugh. But if you're a triathlete and you're American, <laughs> I would go more towards um, someone like Erin um, just because she just she has a result on the board like Siri Lindley does. So hopefully that helps. Ashwagandha, get it in. There we go. I think it's perfect for sleeping. And um, you guys, if you have any questions, um, I'm always here. Just keep putting them in the comments here and I'll always answer. And hopefully this was helpful for you guys. Um, have an amazing week. Thanks for joining us on the Beck and Series Show. Be brave, be you, shine on.